0: So 12, let's see here, I'm, I don't, I'm, this is the only time I'm going to look at the clock. John, you're doing time? Good. I'm going first here. So I often go last, so I get to sneak in an extra five minutes, but not today, because I want to honor my brothers today here. So I got my own, uh, my own little clock going here. Um, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, yeah. Thank you. I love Father's Day. Um, you know, every day can be Father's Day. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be one of 365 days. Every day can be Father's Day. Um, my, I was thinking about my dad, of course, on Father's Day. I'm sure a lot of you are. Um, maybe you have the blessing of having your father here today. And if you do, awesome. Some of you, maybe your father is far away geographically, or maybe he passed away like my dad. Uh, Jonathan David Forsyth my dad passed away May 10th 2014 and I remember like a couple days after a bunch of men I don't know if you were one of those men but that was 2014 like 20 of you men surrounded me here and prayed for me before I flew out uh, for the funeral so um, but if you're like me your dad passed away five years ago 10 20 years ago you, you have memories and those memories become a lot more important right I mean, they become sacred. Uh, I just want to share one quick memory here that I was thinking about. I think about it often. My dad uh, grew up in Backwoods, Pennsylvania. So in the sticks of Pennsylvania, his dad was a pastor. His dad actually started a, a camp for children. His main ministry, even before my dad was born for like, he was 50 when he had my dad. So he had a whole life before my dad. And he was known as the John 316 man. And Uh, my grandfather knew how to play the piano, but he taught my dad how to play. And so sometimes when the pianist wasn't there, my dad would fill in even at 14, 15, 16. And he loved playing mansion over a hilltop. Does anyone know that song? I'll sing a little bit. I'm not going to sing too long. I'm not the worship team, but... I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. And my dad on the piano would play every key. His goal was to play from this key to that key. Have you ever seen anyone play the piano like that? I know that guy who did what great balls of fire he touched everything my dad would do that he thought he was was that jerry something whatever he thought he was that guy when he played mansion over the hilltop and he'd use every all three pedals and the whole piano would shake and he had those big massive hands or at least they look big and massive to me because i was a little boy and he would sing it at the top of his lungs and he could go off singing that song for 30 minutes and it would just echo through the whole house so that's one of my dearest memories of my dad mansion over a hilltop and I know that's a favorite of some of you I've heard some of you reference that yeah yeah that's in my top five probably I mean he could shake that piano um but you know that song mansion over a hilltop comes from scripture right it's all inspired by scripture and as much as I love that song because it reminds me of my dad I want to talk a little bit about mansions over a hilltop I want to start off with that um because I don't While I love the song, because it reminds me of my dad, I actually don't think that song really gets at what John was getting at, and I think it's an amazing reality here. Linda, could you pull up John 14, 2, and 3? And this is the main passage where that song got inspired, and I just want to read this. This is the New King James Version. I'm only doing New King James Version today. For some reason, that was the version that I felt said it the best, and I know Pastor Lynn loves that. It's very literal, so sometimes you miss the Greek, but the New King James is very close to the Greek. In my father's house are many mansions or rooms or permanent dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. Ooh, isn't that good? I could read that a million times. I love that. What stuck, what stuck out to me one time as I was just spending time with the Lord is, you know, Jesus says here, he's talking about these mansions, and you know, does God have a 10,000-foot mansion waiting for me in heaven? That would be awesome. I would love that. Who wouldn't want that? But I think Jesus was getting at something so much more intimate, so much more amazing than just a massive home in heaven, Notice where Jesus says that where I am. He doesn't say where I'm going. Now he does say he's going there, but you know Jesus messes with tenses and time all the time. Have you ever thought of something, you know, Jesus said to the woman at the well, "The time is coming and now is." Make up your mind, Jesus. Is it coming or is it now is? <laughs> Jesus is is it coming or is it now? Well, it's both. You know, Jesus lived in two realms at one time. I mean, he was in heaven on earth in the spirit in the flesh. That's actually how we're supposed to live too. My spirit's at the right hand right now, right? That's a whole nother sermon for another time. But he, Jesus said that where I am, there you may also be. Notice present tense and God, and I was reading this one day and, and it's like the Holy Spirit went, I am, I am present tense, present tense. Jesus wants to bring us to a present tense reality. Not just when we die in the sweet by and by, when we're 80, 90, 120, however many years God gives you. He's talking. So I delve in and I say, God, I, I want to know where that I am place is. Have you ever God highlighted something but you don't have all the answers? You kind of know there's something there and there's some revelation and you really want to go to the Father and find that out. Well, I did that. Let's go on to John 17, 24. John 17, the great priestly prayer of Jesus. You know, we talk about the Lord's prayer. It's really not our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's John 17. That was Jesus's prayer. And John records the most intimate prayer of Jesus from verse 1 all the way up to the end of the chapter, verse 25. But the crescendo of that whole passage, and I I recommend you spend time, it's a great passage to read on Father's Day. Because it's all about Jesus communing with his Father. And it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And this is the crescendo of the whole thing. Father, this is what I really desire That they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I am. Where he's going? No, where I am. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. And I read that passage and I go, okay, I think we're getting a little closer. Who wrote this? Who wrote this gospel? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 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 John is known as the maybe the youngest. He was the beloved disciple. He's known as the one Jesus loved. Now, did he love all the disciples? Yes. But he had a special affection, maybe, for John. And, you know, little ones sometimes, maybe he was really young. He could have been a teenager, they think. And maybe just Jesus had just a special affection for him. If we could go to John 13. So again, this mystery began to unravel, and I'm like, God, where are you going with this? I want to know. If you go to John 13, 21. So this is the upper room. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about what he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore mentioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. That's it for there. And I read this passage, and he says, where was John? Where was John? What was he? Where was he? He was leaning on Jesus' bosom or his breast. And God highlighted that. And I said, what's this word bosom? So I looked up a Greek concordance. It's only one other time in the whole book. And so, and this is the final scripture I'm going to share. John 1, 16 through 18. This is the end of the intro. So John is laying out, here's my gospel. Here's what I want to share about Jesus. And of his fullness, we have all received. And grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, present tense, he has declared him. What is John saying here? And I remember when it came home to me and the love that I felt, Jesus ministered in the bosom of the Father. And when he died, when he rose again... And he ascended and he poured out the spirit. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. And who better than all the disciples to write this than the one that often rested on Jesus' bosom? What am I trying to say? There is a place in the bosom of the Father that he wants all of us to enter into. He wants all of us to feel secure, comfortable, validated, appreciated, adored in the Father's heart. You know, a lot of times we talk, we hear that, you know, in songs, and today maybe you've written, you've heard books or sermons about the Father heart. I believe that this is really scripturally where, where we see this most clearly. Amen to that? Yeah. The bosom of the Father. That word is only used like five times in the whole New Testament, and in other times it actually can refer to a bay. You know, a bay is kind of like a bosom, right? It's like a, a little, like, secret hiding place in the waters right but really of a chest or a bosom it's used twice in john and like two times in luke that's it and i I, when i read that i felt like the lord was saying yeah i chose that word matthew there's a place for me there's a place for you in my bosom there's a place that is so intimate and so close in father's love that he wants for each one of us and i'm just going to end it with a testimony i've shared this before but i'm going to share it a little differently I grew up with a dad, like I said, as a pastor. His dad was a pastor. And my dad made made so many sacrifices for us. He worked multiple jobs even as a pastor when the the church couldn't pay him enough. I remember he worked at a gas station on the side. So you talk about being a full-time minister, that's a lot of work. I mean, he was the senior pastor, right? And then he's working on the side one or two jobs. And so I... I have so much respect for how my dad laid down his life, and he never complained about it, never complained. But to know you're a son... I believe comes from your earthly Father. God's intent is that you're, as fathers, we would show our son that place in our bosom, and they would know they're validated, they're loved, they're secure, and then they can go on to be strong sons and one- day fathers. But if you're never validated as a son, if you don't know you're a son, you're loved, you can never be a good father. And I know that's a hard word to hear, but it's truth, and I felt like God wanted me to call out the men this morning, "Do you know what it's like to be a son?" Do you know what it's like to have that place as a son? And Pastor Rich mentioned about Multnomah, and I'll just share this, uh, another date here. May, Actually, May 9th, 2011, and it was May 10th in Japan, there was that 9.0 earthquake that shook the nation of Japan. And I remember the next day, that happened at about 10 or 11 our time. And so when we all woke up that day on May 10th, or sorry, March 10th, we were hearing about it on the news. Well, that was a Thursday. And so again, in the news, it's all this thing about this massive earthquake. Little did I know a huge earthquake was gonna happen in my life. And I remember walking in a Multnomah's cafeteria and I was sitting down with another student and we were talking about fathers and we were talking about how the brokenness there, that we were still dealing with that in our 20s, that our dads didn't validate us. They may have been good men, maybe ministry men, but they never took us in close and they never came alongside us, and we didn't know that embrace. I was broken in my 20s. At this point, my kids were three and four, and I didn't, I didn't know what it meant to be a son who was loved. And this man, he had just started with the school and the counseling program, never seen him in my life, was sitting at the table overhearing us two guys talk about our fathers and the brokenness. He's six foot six, 300 pounds, former Hawaii State football player one of the biggest men I've ever seen, but what was so much bigger than his body was his heart. He had the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met. And he looked at me, he says, Matthew, were you hugged by your father? And I said, no, rarely. And he began to tell me how much the father loved me, that I had a place in father's heart, that he loved me just as much as his son, Jesus. And then I stood up and in front of 300 people, he pulled me in, the six foot six man, I'm only five foot eight, so you can imagine, I was right in his breast. Right in his huge football breast. One of my employees told me later, she timed it. She, she asked me, like, what in the world was that? He hugged you for five minutes. Do you know that guy? I'm like, no, I never met him in my life. And just like the earthquake the night before, an earthquake happened in my life. And he pulled me in, and he whispered in my ear. And I, I don't remember all the words, but I remember some of them. He says, you're dangling on daddy's knee right now. He loves you. He's proud of you. And the validation I longed for. Daddy, do you see me? I remember playing basketball and he wasn't there. I remember playing basketball and you know, this isn't boasting, I could have been a division 1 NCAA player. I could. And now that I know the father's love, I just don't have the body like I used to. <laughs> but but those dreams couldn't happen because I didn't know I was loved. I, career, I, I was okay in career. It wasn't until I knew I was loved that career soared. All those things. And I knew how to be a strong son. And I was validated on that day. I was validated as a son. And now I I just share one final thing. There's more than enough in the Father's love. If you haven't experienced the love of the Father, I just declare this morning, this could be your day. If you're 15, if you're 80, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could be 99 years old or you could be 10. We all need the Father's validation and love. We need it so bad. And you know, God's a God of redemption. And I remember when I was a kid, I, sorry, when, when, I, when the Father's love came home to me that day, my kids were three and four. I missed their one to three. Because I held them, and I was sort of engaged as a father, but as a whole, I was disengaged. I was, you can ask my wife. She'll probably tell it more bluntly. I was very disengaged. Very disengaged. And I went through the motions, but I didn't feel it. And now we're, we're privileged in the last couple months we've got back into fostering and I've had a lot of time holding two 2 year old boys. And I know what it's like to love them as a father. I feel stuff I never felt before because when my kids were two, I was broken. But I don't regret because God's got a redemption and he's given me it back right now. He's given me, and, and so don't regret. May, some of you might be feeling emotions right now like, oh, I missed out, I missed out. He can redeem anything missed moments he'll give you those on the other side so that's what I want to leave you with that man God wants to validate you as a son and as a daughter so if you guys want to remain standing here and I just right now just open your heart if it's not already open right now Father, right now, I just pray that you would touch every man in this place, every boy, every man, right now, that your spirit would touch them and let them know that they are your son with whom you're well pleased, that you believe in them, you're proud of them, and you love them. And I pray for every daughter and every mother here as well. Father, right now, touch them. I thank you that you're ministering to brokenness and you're ministering to pain right now. Memories are coming up, and I saw it on a couple faces, and I thank you right now that you're the Father that can touch those wounds. You can heal those wounds, and you can bring your love and validation where there's brokenness and emptiness and neglect. Thank you right now for touching your hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can be seated.
1: Amen. Thank you. Let's hear it again for Matthew, hallelujah. Goosebumps. By the way, I'm not looking for a 10,000 foot mansion. I'd be happy with a hobbit hut. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie The Hobbit, but I'll, I'll be happy with a hobbit hut as long as there's a stream full of Idaho trout going by the front, I'm happy. How many of you men are the same way? You know, just Lord, let me be there. (laughs) Our next speaker, he was mentioning the other day that with the three speakers, they have nine children between them. And, you know, the Bible says, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And Benji Snell is coming now to speak. And. His wife, Griselda, is hiding there in the back with uh, one of the children. Go ahead and stand up, Griselda. <laughs> For, praise God. A lot of you may not realize, but Griselda is also serves on the eldership right. here at Valley Church. And we so appreciate her wisdom and her understanding. And I love being in elders meetings with her because she'll be the last to speak. in which he does, gold nuggets just come pouring out. So we so appreciate Griselda, and especially your boyfriend. May we greet together Benjamin Snell. (laughs) So how many children? Four. Plus 60, at least.
2: There's a few in here. I'm so glad that everybody keeps talking about children cuz that's what I want to talk about. We'll open with this. My daughter, for those of you who know her, this is no surprise, is the most amazing child anybody could ever ask for. So this morning when I came downstairs, she's standing And she hands me this handmade card. Now, here's the cool part. Matthew, you said something about Father's Day being every day. It's often that I get these from her. This is not a once-a-year thing. It's not just on my birthday. It's not just... It's often. And I asked her if I, if I could share the card with, with everybody today. And she kind of stood there and, well... She gave me permission, and I want to share it because this is how her cards are all the time, and it's a reminder of how we should also be. Dad, oh, Dad, you never make me sad. You will never let me down. You will never bring me a frown. I love you, Daddy, so much. How can I get a better dad than you? Thanks for everything. I have the best dad ever. I have little notes on my car, on my desk, at work. I've got a bunch of those because she gives them to me all the time. She's a reminder to me what it means to be a son. We talk about Father's Day and Father's Day. There's, there's a difference, there's a distinct difference. Nobody's gonna uh, argue this with me. There's a distinct difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day, which is why I'm dressed this way. I've got my, my World's Greatest Dad shirt on. The distinct difference is this. When we think back as adults and we think about our moms, moms are caring and they're loving and they're always there and they're comforting. And, and, and we love our moms. And so on Mother's Day, we just love our moms. And we bring them candy and flowers and whatever. But when we think back about good memories with our dads, It's a different story. It's a different story. Matthew, you're bringing memories of your dad. It's a musical thing, right? You you love that song brings memories of your dad. Songs bring memories of my dad as well. My dad's here somewhere. He got up and walked out a minute ago. I don't know where he went. (laughs) But here's the fun memories of my dad. He was a long haul truck driver while I was growing up, so he'd be gone six, eight weeks at a time. But the house was completely different when dad was home. Every other day was just a normal day, we got up the same way, we got dressed, did whatever for school on the weekends. We, we'd, my brother and I would get up early at least and watch our Saturday morning cartoons or whatever the situation was. But when dad was home, it was WWF, and I'm going to say F because not the World Wildlife Federation because they stole it, (laughs) World Wrestling Federation, in my parents' bed. It was a different story. We'd get up and we'd go and wrestle with dad. It was a different situation. And I want to talk on that because dads are the fun ones. All the moms in here will say, yeah, dad will let him get away with more than I will. Yeah, dad will let him climb the tree when I'm yelling at him, get off of there, you're going to get hurt. And Dad's going, no, it's okay. Let him, it, That's fine, they'll be okay. Yeah. We're the fun ones. So as kids, we need to seek our Heavenly Father in the same way. I wanted to come up here dressed more casual, because Daddy's fun. He's fun. And nothing against putting on a suit and tie and in Pastor Retson, please I, I hope I'm not offending the pulpit. There's nothing against that. And normally you'd see me wearing either slacks or nice jeans and a dress shirt. But dad's fun. And as sons and daughters, we need to remember that. You see, I was going to bring up a whole bunch of scriptures. Matthew, you had a bunch of them. I bet you Tim's got the rest of them. So I'm just going to leave the (laughs) scriptures to the bookends. Because you guys, this is the way it always works. But he he called the little children, and he said, you have to be like a little child if you want to come into the kingdom of heaven. What does that look like? How does a little child approach daddy? Exactly. When I walk in the house and I get home from work, David... Our little littlest, and everybody knows he's tiny anyway. He is over a year old. He's almost a year and a half old, if you believe it or not. He's tiny, but he comes immediately. I've heard as I'm trying to unlock the door on some evenings when I'm coming in, I've heard I'm trying to pull him away from the door so that I can open it because he heard me pull up in the car. How are we supposed to approach Daddy? And I know that can be difficult. You brought that up, Matthew, that some, some of us never got that validation. Now, I praise God, I did. My dad did come back in. He's back in the back there. I did get that validation from my dad. I did get those hugs. I sought after my dad, though. As a long-haul truck driver, he'd be out and I'd be itching. I've got an older sister and a younger brother, and I'd be itching for summer because I wanted to spend my time with my dad. And I knew that my brother and my sister needed to as well, but they never spent as long with him. My sister would be a week, maybe two. My brother might spend a week or two with him. For me, it was, Dad, I want to be with you all summer. I'm not, I'm not content with a week or two. That's not enough. I don't see you often enough. I want to be with you all summer long. And when I wasn't with him, I was with my grandfather. There's a joke in my house, in my family, whenever memories start coming up and my my mom will bring something up, my brother or my sister bring something up, and I'll sit there and I'm like, I don't remember that. Well, you weren't there. I was never there because I was either with my dad or I was with my grandfather or my grandmother. I was always seeking that. I sought after my father. And that's something that I think we need to remember again as children. Even if today your father feels distant, if you never got that validation, you still can. Even if your father is unwilling, your earthly father is unwilling to give it, You still can, because we have a heavenly Father who is not a distant Father. He's not some guy just out there on another planet that we never see, that doesn't care, that doesn't talk to us. He's there, and he's available all the time. And all you've got to do is go after him, like that little child like little David does, like John. John almost tackles me now. John, he's our big guy, right? He's big. He could take me down if I wasn't aware of him all the time. John almost tackles me. And then, of course, my sweet little Lexi. And I can't forget my oldest, the one who taught me how to be a father. Because we don't learn always how to be a father from our fathers, but rather from our children. Jesus was our example as a son. How we're we supposed to come to the Father. He withheld nothing, he withheld nothing, and did only what he saw the Father do. So as sons, how can we be good sons and daughters? It's really, really simple. It's really, really simple. Love daddy, seek after daddy. I can use Christianese terms and I say, ah, it's faith and it's discipline. But really, of all the things that he left us, what did he leave us that was the greatest? Love. Love, And when we love daddy, we're going to love our children. When we love daddy, we're going to love our neighbors. When we love daddy, we're going to love our enemies. Because we're going to be doing what he does and saying what he says. So on this Father's Day, I want everybody to remember what it's like to be a child And to love your daddy. Because even if your daddy was distant, even if he was cruel, and even if he was mean, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, my heart breaks for you. You have no idea if that was the situation in your life. But even if that was the situation, you still wanted your daddy. You still loved him. And you still do. And that's why it hurts. But remember how much you love. And then remember how much more how much more does he love you than you could ever possibly love him or anybody else? So I want to, everybody, will you pray this with me? And you can just repeat it after me. Dad, oh dad, you never make me sad. You will never let me down. You will never bring me a frown. I love you so much, Daddy. How can I get a better dad than you? I have the best dad ever.
1: Before you sit down, would you pray a prayer of impartation over every man here that they will be even greater teachers and greater coaches and greater examples to young men?
2: Daddy God, I, I thank you for giving me a great examples in my life of, of earthly fathers, of great men who, who I could model after. Not just my dad, but the men in this church, Pastors Rutzen and Pastor Lynn and Pastor Rich. Father God, I just ask that what you've given me, that every man, every man in here, open your hands up to receive a gift. I, I really want everybody, this is an act of faith, open your hands up as receiving a gift. And I love how some of you have a big expectation with wide open arms because that's the kind of gift that Daddy wants to give you. Father God, I just ask that what you've given me, the example you've given me, the love that you've given me, my heart for children, and my heart for you, Father, that these men may also have that. And as they seek to be the best men they can be, the best dads they can be, that your heart, your father's heart, just sinks into them. That from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, they just emit your life, your light, and your love. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, amen.
1: Amen. And we pray, Lord, that that word, that prayer will be sealed into every man's heart in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, there's a reason why this shorter pulpit is here today. This, this man needs no introduction. We all know him as Pastor Tim, our assistant pastor. But for those of you that are new, you know what I just said a while ago behind every great man is an even greater woman. Ezzie, stand up, Ezzie. Ezzie, Ezzie Martinez. We love you, Ezzie. And now, would you help me welcome Pastor Tim Martinez.
3: All right, well, um, <laughs> okay, in all truthfulness, though, I did ask for the shorter pulpit. I did tell Pastor Rich, I said, I can't stand behind that other one. Even though it's see-through, I, you can't see me. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? And it's been so amazing and wonderful, all the words that have already been spoken. So to all the fathers, my father-in-law is here this morning. Dave, happy Father's Day. I know my my mom already told me, she said, I'll be watching the YouTube channel. So mom to my stepdad, Scott, happy Father's Day. And to all you wonderful men out here, happy man's day, okay, that hopefully you can do what you want to do, right? Uh, If you're like me, I was like, babe, whatever, just tell me what to do. So... (laughs) Speaking of Father's Day, I had the tremendous opportunity this morning. Uh, I got this shirt and this tie from my, from my family as a Father's Day gift. And um, so I was, as I was putting it on, thank you. Awesome, thank you. I'll, ta- I'll receive that. <laughs> and um, I had the opportunity to do something that I've never been able to do before as a father. And that is I was able to tie the tie of my oldest son. And I was able to put it on him this morning. And it was so awesome. He looks wonderful. He lo- I mean, he looks handsome. Wonderful. He looks handsome and awesome. Uh, and he, uh, he always inspires. He says, when dad's not around, you can call him Pastor Micah. <laughs> and and uh, Emily saw me, me, and then Micah, and then Isaiah. She's like, she told us that everybody has the same shirt. Are all of them pastors? <laughs> Said, yes, I'll, I'll take that. Yes, man, speak it. And uh, so I was able to put the tie on him this morning, and as I was putting it on, it's that teary-eyed moment when you're kind of like, what? And then I had to karate chop him to the throat to make sure that um, we were back on target. No, I didn't. No, I hugged him. I hugged him, and I just I kissed him, and I was like, dude, and I know because he's only seven, he's getting ready to turn eight, and there's only a few more years I've probably got of being able to do that. So I hugged him, and I kissed him, and I just told him, I just love you. I just love you, and I hope you know that. And he said, I do, and as he wiped away the kiss from the forehead, and he ran off to go play a game or something. But it was totally amazing. Father's Day is great. Um, I do want to be a little, a little raw with you this morning. Um, I think I've shared before. I lost my father when I was 11 years old um, to a, a heart attack. He had a heart attack and, and passed away a few days later. I was 11 years old. You're still trying to process through the feelings and the hurt and the grief, trying to figure out exactly how life is going to continue. Um, There was a lot of things I remember from him, such as fishing every weekend. Uh, He's the reason why I don't like fishing now. (laughs) Um, He he, he always put us into the truck, and it wasn't like it was camping, camping. Okay, like when I say I'm going to go camping, I mean that we're going to go like stay at a Motel Six. That's that's we're and I'm huddling next to the TV to get warm because it's going to be a long cold night. But to my father, camping was getting in the truck and staying the night in the back end. And he built a bed um, in the back of the truck so we could sleep and we would go fishing. And I'm the youngest of my siblings uh, by quite a number of years. I won't say how many so that way they don't feel um, horrible. But I'm the youngest of my siblings and me and my brothers would be fishing. And I never liked fishing with them because every time I'd go fishing, I don't like just sitting there. As you can probably tell, I like to be doing things. I've got to be throwing rocks somewhere. I've got to, I'm 11 years old, 10 years old. I want to play, and my brothers want to fish, and my dad, and so that's one of the reasons why. But I, I remember so many different memories of him, and I appreciate all that he taught me in those short amount of years. But as we approached Father's Day this week, there was a story um, from here within our own church of a young family, of the young boy talking about how, that he's lost his father, and I was explaining to our to Pastor Lynn, and I was telling him that at that moment I was hearing that story. I was taken right back to being 11 years old, and I could remember the hurt, the feeling, the, the 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 grief that would just grip my heart as a little kid. That I don't know that I've I've lost my father, and I don't know what we're gonna do. And 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 at that that year later on, he passed away in May. Actually, it was Mother's Day when he had his heart attack in May of '99, and. We, after he passed away, it was a few short months after my mom, we finished school. My mom moved us to Portland, Oregon, where we started attending a church school there. And I remember the first Father's Day it came to, and it wasn't something that it was exciting to go to church. It wasn't, I didn't wake up all super happy and putting on a tie. I I don't, I, I, I remember very distinctly that I woke up and I asked my mom if I could not go to church that day. Because I didn't want to face the other young kids because I didn't have a father. And it was very hurtful, and, and I remember coming in late to the Sunday school room, and, uh, you know, the Sunday school teacher had no idea what I was dealing with at that time. And I'm so thankful that here our Sunday school teachers are constantly being led by the Spirit and constantly trying to pray after God and, and, um, and, and seek the face of God for our children every single day. And I constantly hear stories of our, of our teachers that are just pouring themselves out day in and day out every Sunday to our kids. And I'm so thankful for them. And Pastor Destiny for being our children's pastor. She's wonderful and amazing. And we just continue to bless her. But, it, you know, I can be taken right back to that moment when it was kind of hurtful. And I remember it was the men in the church... There was two specific men. One of them was our youth leader. Um, He was the assistant pastor, youth leader. He had like nine or 15 kids of his own. Um, All these things, but I remember very distinctly, he put his arm around me that day and began to validate me. And he began to remind me of who I was. He began to let me know that, hey, listen, you're going to come work with me. You're going to come as soon as school's over. Here's our principal of our school. He said, as soon as school's over, I want you to come hang out with me. I'm going to show you a few different things around the church. And his dad was the same way. Uh, we called him Papa Sparks. And he would be around the church constantly working and doing things around the church. And we always, uh, every spring break or every, every summer break, we'd be at the church, me and my best friend Caleb, and we'd be working around the church, digging ditches or, or vacuuming or just wiping down windows. And then when Papa Sparks said, come here boy, I've got a special job for you. That meant that you were gonna go stomp the trash down so we could put more things in the dumpster. So you hated when Papa Sparks came to tell you that there was a special job for you. I used to be like, I don't feel special, he feels special. But so for this Father's Day, I, I kind of wanted to bring this, this concept that it might be hurtful for you, um, it might be hurtful for some kids, but there were some men in the church that came to the, that rose to the occasion that didn't have to. They didn't have to do it, but they rose up and they began to help me of who I am today. I was, so, I was so thankful that a couple of years ago, um, this man, Brother Sparks, was here in Idaho preaching a conference down in, or a youth something in, in Twin Falls, and he met me, and it was like 11 o'clock at night. He had got done preaching, and he called me asking to still meet with me at Sherry's, and we ate, and we talked, and we laughed, and I reminisced about a man who still lives miles and miles away, but still very much influenced the man I am today. And I could tell each one of you, I don't know how you feel. Because I know if you're like me, I, I, I still feel like, man, I may falter and I may fail as a father. But I know that there were some men in the church that I could run to and I could get a hold of. And I know that would pray with me and talk with me or take me to work days or, or say, you can come hang out with me. Let me show you some power tools of how they're used. Or let me, let me show you how to do some things. Let me show you how to be a man or a father. And so today I would, I would, as I stand up here, I, I would want to send out the call to each and every one of your lives. I don't know if you have children or you don't, I don't know if your children are long gone or, or, or they're still at home, but men, we need you and we miss you when you're not here. I I need you when you're not here. Yeah. Let's give our men a hand clap. You may feel like that you're not worthy enough or you may feel like I don't matter. But at 11 years old, there was a, a young kid in the church that was looking for a man to just come alongside and say it's okay. He was willing to step outside the sphere of what outside of his arms reach of just his own children and reach to a young boy. And I stand here today because of that decision that that man made that day. Each and every one of you men, as we come on Father's Day, it's great to receive gifts if that's your love language, which is mine. So I love the shirt. Thank you. It's great if we receive gifts. It's great if we get to choose the, 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 uh, the restaurant that we get to go to. It's great if we get to choose to go to a movie or whatever we get to decide because we get to say, today's my day. But I would, I would encourage each and every one of you as we begin on this Father's Day that we set a new standard. That we come alongside each other because as Valley Church, we're a community. We want to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. And it might cause me to step outside my comfort zone. To put an arm around a kid. Or an arm around somebody else. And let them know you are who God calls you to be. There was some verses that I held on to. And there's all kinds of things. Notes and verses that I have. Psalm 68 Linda, Psalm 68, verses 5 through 7, in the Passion Translation, it says this, To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he's a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. To the lonely, he he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners, he leads them into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God. This is his holy place. But the the, the rebels, there is heartache and despair. Oh, Lord, it is you who marched in front of your people, leading them through the wasteland. And this morning, I want to be able to tell you that he's leading you and guiding you through the wasteland. Our society is so different and backwards or sideways, whatever you want to call it today. But Jesus Christ is the one that I put my hope and my trust in. And I, I hold on to this verse today because he is going to lead us through the wasteland so that his truth may be able to stand up and his, true, and his true people may be able to stand and proclaim the name of Jesus. You see, I had all kinds of things. And last night I was up till about 1 o'clock last night in the morning, I guess, or 12, 1. I don't know. It, it was late. <laughs> and I began to just say, God, I, I've got all these things, but what do you really want to say? And I heard those so dis- distinctly. This word that I wanted to give to you, this word, this phrase, he said, no more are you featherless fathers. No more are you featherless fathers. So I had to look it up because I was questioned. I was like, well, that's kind of weird because I automatically thought of a plucked chicken. <laughs> you see, feathers insulate birds from cold and from water and cold temperature. Wikipedia says that they may also be plucked to line the nest. And provide uh, insulation to the egg and the young. The individual feathers in the wings and tails play important roles in controlling flight. And when I heard the word. I thought about how God. Begins to cover us with his wings. And that this morning I don't know if you feel like all your feathers are completely plucked out. You feel like all, all the The heartache and pain has been just left, and I've got nothing else to give. I know it's tough. I've I work a full-time job. I've got three kids at home. I've got a a yard that hasn't been mowed in like two weeks. So please don't judge me. I've got the honeydew list that seems to never go away. (laughs) I love you, babe. And I've as soon as you walk into the house. It's the same thing, Pastor Benji. I love it. They, they hear the horn and I can hear the kids, daddy's home, daddy's home, daddy's home. And they're you know, jingling the door or mine because I don't like to be scared. They, they stand behind the door and they wait till I open it and they jump out to scare me. And so with Emily, I have to be like, oh, no, you got me. <laughs> but I wanted to remind you the word that Jesus reminded me is that you're no longer a featherless father. You're no longer longer a featherless man that maybe society wants to strip you of, of some things or strip you of the labels or tell you you're not worthy or tell you you're not good enough. But Jesus Christ is here this morning to restore every feather, that you can be able to fly higher than you've ever flown before in his presence, that you can be able to feel the wind and the love and the mercy that only comes from a heavenly father, that you can be able to take flight and be able to go to new heights. You see, John 14, 18 says, I promise you that I will never leave you, never leave you hopeless or abandoned or as an orphan. I will come back to you. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the comforter. He says, I've got, I've got the Holy Spirit's going to come with, with, with empowerment that's going to equip and empower you to be the person that maybe an 11 year old boy may need on that day. He says, I'm going to equip and empower you men so that you can come alongside each other and you can pray for each other. You can pray for your families. You can say, hey, I'm hurting. I made a mistake. I've fallen. I've failed on my face. I've got bruises. But as men can come together and we can be a band of brothers and say, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to continue working with you and being with you. I don't even know. Forget it. We'll just leave it. The story that I thought about, or there's two different stories that Jesus brought to mind, but the one that I really, really came to, came to remembrance was this man takes his son to, to the disciples to be healed of the demons, the torment that's going on in his life. And the disciples couldn't, couldn't cure him of it. The disciples couldn't cast it out. So they take him to Jesus. Jesus begins to, to talk with the, 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 the spirit, the, the demon manifests in front of Jesus. And Jesus asked the father, he says, how long has he been like this? And the, and the father says, from his childhood. And that verse hit me kind of hard. This whole story hit me from a father's perspective. That how many times do I take my children before the throne room of God? And he says that he's been dealing with this since, since, uh, since he was a child. And God says, um, you know, if you just believe, anything is possible. And this father at the end of his rope says, I believe, but help my unbelief." And I sat there and I said, as a father, I want to constantly just have my kids. And I'm constantly praying for them over their minds, over their hearts, over their spirits. And it was like, all of a sudden God said, it's because, help my unbelief. He said, my mind is, my, my heart's in the right place, but my mind is thinking something completely different. So Jesus, help these two to align with how you really think. He says, it's not just, it's not, I, I believe I've got it inside my heart. But help my unbelief i need my mind jesus to be thinking on heavenly things and jesus begins to cast out the demon and i thought as a father how many times has my heart been in the right place but my mind has been someplace else as a father To see my children saved. To see my family saved. To see those around me saved. That my heart heart was beaten with God. But my mind was putting the limits on God. And so I began to just pray for a renewed mind. To remind myself that I'm no longer featherless. But I am amazing and wonderful in God's eyes. One more story and then we've got to end. The prodigal son, I've looked at that story, you've read the story and it hit me hard because the three different aspects that you can, you can read a Bible verse or you can read a story and you're looking at it from different avenues, right? What you're going through in life, where you're at, such as the story that we just talked about as a father's heartbeat. I've been on the side where I've asked for my inheritance early. My father was a very, uh, pretty wealthy, well off, And when he passed away, there was inheritance that went out to the the children. And mine, because of my age, went into various accounts. And then I was told at 18, either you can allow it to continue to grow, we can help invest this, or we'll write you a check. And at the wonderful age of 18 that I absolutely knew it all, I said, just write me a check. I'll be okay. 18 years old, got thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars put into the bank account. And, yeah, right, no. And I remember, as I was reading the story of how this this son felt that I've lost it all, I've got to go back. You see, the son took, the son, one of the sons in the story asked for his inheritance early. Took it all, just threw it all away. Ended up in the, in the, in the pig's pen, basically, eating what the pigs eat. Um, nobody was willing to help out, and he remembered That there is, I've got a heavenly, I've got a father that if I can just tell him I'm sorry, I'll just be as a servant, I'll be okay. And so I've read it all the time as that perspective. And then I've read it from the other end, from the son that, that, you know, um, that was, that was hurting and was upset with the father to take their son back in. But last night, Jesus reminded me as the father's perspective. That when he saw his son afar off the bible says that the the father the king of this throne the, the 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 master of all the land took off running to his son who had messed up time and time again and he ran to him he hugged on him he had compassion on him the bible says he kissed him and he tells his servants get a get the ring get a robe get the sandals and kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party because my son that I thought was dead is alive today. So to you fathers this morning, I want to remind you of that story that your father, your heavenly father runs to you And brings you a new ring as the authority that comes only from heaven and clothes you in a new robe of the feathers that fall from his from his from his wings and puts sandals on your feet that wherever you go God is going to be with you and he wants to remind you that where you go he will be with you always so we just oh no, no 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 we're gonna do it differently I'm so used to doing it one way so we're gonna do it differently. All the fathers, would you stand? All the men in the house, men, fathers, not fathers, going to be fathers, soon to be fathers, grandfathers, great grandfathers, kids, whatever. <laughs> Any, if you're a man, I want you to stand. I was reading this the other day, and I felt like it was it was kind of a charge. And I hope this all makes sense to you. And I, I'm doing this out of love, and I want you to know. Because of my heart that I, I, I want to look at and minister to. Um, but I know exactly what it is. Like I said, I, rather to be there without a father. And for the men in the church to come alongside. I'm so thankful for the men that have, have taken our men's ministry this year. And are starting to do things. I'm at, I, you know, it's wonderful. Um, get involved with it. It's just great to just come alongside other men. Um, rather we have a bunch of conversation or we just grunt the whole time with each other. It doesn't matter, but we're doing this. So men, it's Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It's kind of a lengthy reading, I'm sorry for that. Uh, But of the New King James Version. New King James Version. Hey. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, starting with verse number 1: After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan you and all this people to the land which i am giving to them the children of israel here's your charge men every every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon i have given you as i said to moses from the wilderness to this lebanon as far as the great river the river euphrates all the land of the hittites and to the great sea toward the toward the going down of the sun shall Be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Men, it says, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. And he ends it with this. Have I not commanded you? And this morning, men, has God not commanded us? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. It hit me so hard last night. As a man, as a father, that God's gonna go with me wherever I go. I've got a charge to keep. I've got a gospel to preach. I've got a God to serve. I've got, I've got new heights to go to. But like I said, you may have fallen and made mistakes. I do every day. I don't have it all together and I wish I do. And please don't ask my wife because she'll tell you I don't. But one thing I do know is like the Bible told us He's not going to leave us, and he's not going to forsake us, men. He's going to be with us wherever we go. So would you put your hands out? We've done it all kinds of times this morning already, but would you put your hands out one last time? First off, Father God, I thank you for every man in this house. I thank you for every man in this house. And this morning, I honor them. This morning I honor every man in this house. It is a privilege to know them and it is a privilege to serve alongside alongside them in the greatest kingdom ever known. And right now, Father God, I just ask that you would touch their mind and their heart because they may believe, but I'm asking to touch their unbelief. That they would begin to know that they're no longer featherless fathers, but they are mighty warriors standing in your presence. That you are going to replace all the years that maybe the locusts have stolen. You're going to replace the fear of being a man or the fear of being a father in their life. And you're going to replace it with joy and singing. That That is going to be a tremendous change from this moment on. That we are no longer going to be a statistic that is in, in, in Wikipedia or whatever or online but we are going to be mighty men of valor that are going to lead our families and lead our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are going to stand firm as Joshua once says, we are going to be strong and courageous. We are going to every place my foot touches today, I am going to claim it in the name of Jesus. That whether it's at the restaurant, whether it's in the car, or when I walk into my own house, I am going to say this house belongs to God. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. It might not be pretty. We might make mistakes every day. But from this moment onward, I am going to lead with integrity. I am going to lead with with compassion. I am going to lead with love. I am going to lead with joy. I am going to lead with peace. That I know, Jesus, that only comes from you. So help us to lead our families and to lead those around us. Help us to step outside our comfort zone as men. That we can just begin to help those around us. That we begin to see the need around us. That we begin to see, Jesus, how you see people. That I see my, my family, how you see them. My wife, how you see her. My kids, how you see her. How you, how you, my kids, how you see them. We just love you and we appreciate every man in this house. We thank you for what you're going to do from this moment on, that the men are going to lead like never before. I'm affirming it right now, Jesus, that if they've never felt it from their father, that they would feel it right now from the heavenly father, that warm embrace to know that they are sons of the most high. So we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've already done. So be with us today as we leave this place. Let your grace and mercy forever shine on our face. That you would go with us and be with us every moment of every day. That I would take the calling that you have on my life seriously. To be a father and to be a husband. And so we love you. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus name. And everybody said amen. So we've got some candy that we want to be able to give to you. The prayer team, we ask that you would be up here. If you do want more prayer, you're more than welcome to come to the front. Uh, We want you, before you leave, shake somebody's hand. Hug a man around you. Just tell them you love them, you appreciate them, you're thankful they're here. Tell them that they're great. And please don't forget your candy on the way out, men, for for this Father's Day. Go and be blessed. Have a great time this morning in Jesus' name. God bless you.